Hello, this is Dr. Terrence Oway Sr. and welcome back to Pathways. We're here on Foundations on this uh, presentation of theology. Well, Dave, we've been here uh, for three weeks and now here we are. So my question to you is, after being in, in this course that these past three weeks, all the knowledge all, and all the information that you've shared, what does all, why, does all of this matter? Well, you know, Terrence, first of all, thank you for being so welcoming and having me again. Um, and you've asked a valid question. Your question is appropriate. And uh, what really shows, it shows that we've got to take something that's quite broad, bring it down to a clearer focus, and show how this application, uh, the application of what um, we're learning is going to benefit, how it's mm -hmm. going to benefit. Mm -hmm. So great question. It does matter. First of all, let me respond by saying it does matter. Mm -hmm. All right. Because we're going to be learning something through the various phases of uh, this ongoing study that um requires us to have a good foundation, you know, hence the title foundation. Mm. And that foundation is, is fortified. It's, it's made strong because it's based on theology. Theology, what is it? It's a study of God. God wants us to understand and comprehend him. And if we're going to understand and comprehend him, we've got to understand what is his plan and purpose for this thing called the church. Mm. Why do we need the church? Does, is the church necessary? You know, And, and so there's going to be folks on lots of different sides of, of that one question. But, but let's kind of roll back and, and begin with this. Why is there a church? Mm. It's a good question to, to ask. You know, well, first of all, there's a church because this is God's chosen manner, method to accomplish his plan in the world. Uh, I think it was last week we talked, we raised the question, what is God doing now? Well, we answered it by saying this, God is restoring the original design. And we might kind of let's flesh that out a little bit. Imagine God saying, yes, you know, um, I know that there was an interruption in Genesis 2 called the fall. We've sinned, sinned, entered the world, but that did not change my plan because the way I wanted it is the way I'm going to have it. Now, those words are not in the scripture. Where, let me confess that first off. All right. But when you compare Genesis 1 and 2 to, to Revelation 21 and 22, what you begin to see is a mirror picture. Now, what do I mean by that? Simply this, the way it was in the beginning is the way it's going to be and the end. Wow. And so we can put that together by saying, listen, how was God and in his creation in the beginning? Well, they occupied, occupied the same time and space. God was in the garden with Adam and Eve. There was together. There was no hindrance to their relationship. There was a wonderful existence of this God and his creation, which, by the way, let's stress this, 
is the only thing created in his image. Mm -hmm. You and I are the only thing created in the image of God. You know, I've traveled around the world. You have too. And uh, I have seen some beautiful, beautiful things. I was in South Africa a number of years ago, and they have some beautiful trees. They have trees that we don't have here in North America. Okay. They have trees with purple blooms. And when you see them, they're just this mass of pur vibrant purple. They have uh, all sorts of different things. And when I see that, I said, oh, wow, Lord, you, you have created so many beautiful things. And, uh, and, and I've seen those different things around the world, and, but they're not created in the image of God. There's only one thing created in the image of God, and that's you and me, brother, and, wow. and all of us as members of humanity. Yeah. And so we have a special place in God's creation. And, and literally, I believe that what God is doing is putting everything in place to make it. He, he says the way it's going to the way it's going to end is the way it began. It's going to begin. Mm. It's going to end that same way. And and. Really, the end, I must say, is not the end. The end is really the, the beginning of all of the rest that God has for you and me. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that verse that says, I has not seen, neither is ear heard. It's never entered into the heart of man. That's the right. Thing God has prepared for every loving. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's what God's doing. Now, so let's get back to the question. Why do we need a church? The church is God's plan to complete his purpose, mm. all right? Mm. So what has he done? He's created this thing called the church. Mm -hmm. And in the church, the, pic the church is a picture of people recreated according to the plan of God to accomplish his plan and purpose in this world, all right? Mm. And so... What we have, let's go back to week one, where we looked at Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said this, I am going to build my church. The church belongs to him. Yes. I'm going to build it. And it's going to be something that will last and endure through all sorts of different types of struggles. Mm. You know, there have been different countries in this world that have tried to stamp out the church. Um, when we look at communism, communism has tried to stamp out the church. And, and we see various examples through history, yet the church remains. Yes. Right? And, and we find out that in areas where there was persecution, the church has never been stronger. Mm. Well, that's just the proof that what Jesus said is absolutely true. He says, listen, I'm building, it's mine. I'm building it mm -hmm. and it will be lasting, strong and lasting. All right. Yeah. Nothing well against it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so listen, so why is there a church? Well, it's the, it's what God chose as the, 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 the vehicle, if you would, to accomplish his purpose. Well, let's ask who is the church? Who is the you know, church? That's a great one. Yeah. So, you know, the church, we know this, uh, not a building, okay? It's not our facilities. The church is you and me. The church mm -hmm. is people, all right? 
redeemed, transformed people, recreated, being recreated according to God's plan. And so that gives us the privilege of demonstrating the reality of God, what God has done in our lives individually and then corporately. You see, churches, we as individuals have our lives, but we also have congregational lives, what God is doing in us as a congregation where we are. Mm -hmm. And so that's who the church is. But we really need to narrow this down because this is going to be the handoff, so to speak, for things to come. And that is, what should the church be? All mm -hmm. right. And when we think about this, we really need to tie it back together that the church should be the reflection of Jesus Christ. All right. Mm -hmm. And why do we say that? Well, because Jesus claimed ownership, all right? He claimed ownership. He is the one who's building it. He is the one who's equipping it. And uh, we will read uh, as we go through the scriptures. The, my mind lands on Ephesians chapter 4, where it says that God gave apostles and prophets and pastors, yes. teachers for the equipping of yes. believers. Yes. For the work of the ministry. And so what we have here is that Jesus, is, that, that's an element where Jesus is building and supplying all that you and I need so that we can demonstrate, number one, the reality of God. We mm -hmm. can demonstrate how he works in our lives. We can demonstrate that great love uh, for um, that he has for us that's demonstrated in our relationships with each other. And so uh, we see that uh, what should the church be? Well, the church should be, number one, reflecting mm -hmm. the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and remember, Romans 8, 29, God said, listen, this is my determination. I want you to reflect the family resemblance. I want you to look like the firstborn, Jesus Christ. So mm -hmm. we answer why is there a church? Who is a church? What should the church be? The church is a reflection, number one, of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, we'll tie this together in just a moment. All right. So um, how do we reflect Jesus? Well, that can be done in, in our worship. You know, we get together on Sundays and we worship God. And uh, all different ways we can worship God. Uh, through our singing, which is what most people associate with worship, all right? Mm -hmm. uh, but we also demonstrate uh, or, or reflect Jesus, not only in our worship, but by our obedience to him. And this is, once again, uh, that, you know, this is seen in our submission to the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, so as the Holy Spirit you know, there is a church because the spirit came and the spirit is, is bringing life and, 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 and we're, we're obligated and we're responsible to be submissive to the spirit. And that is seen most of all in our obedience to what the spirit is doing in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so we see all of this and these are different ways to reflect Jesus Christ. Okay. And, most of all, 
then, then as well, we see it in a second area that the church should be reflecting God's love. All right. <laughs> and, uh, and so we should be reflecting God's love to each other. But most importantly, and this really does, uh, this excites me because it's got such tremendous possibility uh, in that we should re be reflecting God's love to our communities. And, uh, and many churches have, um, towards the end of the 20th century and, and into the 21st century, really found that they have a responsibility to their communities. And uh, many churches have operated things like food pantries, um, as well as things, uh, some churches do things that help single mothers. There are many, many single mothers raising children, and they need a specific kind of help, and there are other things as well. So how do we reflect God's love? Number one, we reflect it to each other, mm -hmm. but we also reflect it to those around us. And in so doing, listen, why is there a church? What should the church be doing? We should be the ones, okay, that are doing what we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, listen, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem. Then you're going to spread out to Judea, and then you're going to go to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. And so the church has a mission. Many people call it the Great Commission. Yes. And that's simply to take the truth of the word of God, take the yes. truth of God to the whole world, take it to the world. Right. Yes. Now, so why does it matter? Well, we understand that we have a mission and that mission is rooted all the way back in the person of God who has revealed himself in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who changes lives. Jesus mm -hmm. is the one who gives meaning and purpose to life. He mm -hmm. is the one who brings us together. We reflect him, reflect God's love, and we influence those around us. That's why it matters, Terrence. Wow, that's why it matters. That's great. Those are great words of why it matters. Because as you said uh, in this presentation, it's about the study of God and study of God, knowing God, how he wants us to be, how he wants us to become. You, you mentioned about the different gifts that he brought into the word of God to equip us, the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, that's all for the edifying. I love that word you use for the church mm -hmm. to advance, the church to move forward. So as we bring this week's a podcast to the close in this class, this discussion. Uh, theology tells us something about God. Yeah. Divine plan for our lives. Uh, how that he has provided the church. I love you said, uh, what should the church be? You know, we are the church. You talked about uh, who is the church. You said it's not about the building. It's not about people coming. Uh, I mean, the physical building. We are in a pandemic. And mm. what? We and the, but did you say the church is in us? So we have been having worship in our homes. We've been we having worship in our in our residence because mm -hmm. the church is in us. Yes, exactly. The physical building is standing, 
but we're standing today because it is in us. So you share some great things, but not only uh, why does this matter, it's for us to live, not only to live, but to demonstrate the love of God to the mm-hmm. world, to our neighbors, to our brothers, yes. our sisters. The question may be asked, who is my neighbor? Uh, is all those who are around us. Yeah. Uh, Dave, this has been a wonderful podcast. You, you've blessed my heart. Thank you for being the guest to come in and share with our the students and the peers who are learning uh, through the pathway. And we've just brought together a great week of theology, the foundation of God to build us, to strengthen us. So until the next mm-hmm. time, we'll be back. Right, Dave? Talk about what's coming up, Dave. All right. Well, thank you, Terrence. I appreciate that. We're, we're going to be looking at congregational identity. Okay. What is our identity? And we're going to talk, we'll, we'll lead into it by what makes a congregation? What does a congregation do? And what makes us different from everybody else? So we'll see. Wow. So you make sure you come back now. You don't want to miss another great presentation from Dr. David Harshman. Um, we're going to see you again on this pathway. So have until the next time, be blessed. Wow. Let me hit the record button. Yeah.